and welcome to Jays From Home. My name is Matt Gower and I am your solo host for today. Steve is away on Manitoulin Island again this week. Um, I think he'll be back next weekend though, so uh, the show will be somewhat back to normal. Um, in his place, uh, we have a great guest later on in the show, Gary Hill Jr. He's a, uh, a Seattle Mariners uh, reporter and we're going to uh, just preview the series between the Jays and Seattle and talk about uh, the Mariners a little bit. It was a great little talk. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at Jays from Home. Um, and if you like what you're listening to, just uh, tell someone about the podcast because uh, I think word of mouth is the best way to uh, advertise and to and to get new listeners. So uh, yeah, um, thanks for listening. Um, I was t- I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I was telling Christy like, you know do the job that you want to do for free, uh, you know, find your passion, all that stuff that people say. And, and I am doing this for free. And this is a lot of fun to be able to talk baseball every week and also just connect with uh, new people. Like last week, um, we had uh, Phil Selig and we were talking about the Cuban World Series, which was a great talk. And yeah, like, like I said, this week is Gary Hill and the Seattle Mariners. It's, it's fun to uh, look outside uh, the Blue Jays world and see uh, the perspective uh, of other people. So it's, it's just uh, great to be able to talk baseball. And by the way, happy Canada Day, everybody. Canada Day, Day was on Friday. And also, happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, if you're not familiar, Bobby Bonilla signed a, a contract with the Mets, I think, in the, like 92 or 93. And uh, much of it was deferred so that he would, uh, after retirement, he would get a million dollars every July 1st until the year 2035. So he received his, his payment uh, from the Mets uh, on, as scheduled, I believe. So uh, happy Bobby, Bobby Bonilla Day if you do celebrate that. Um, it's been so far um, an up and down week for the Jays as far as the record goes. Um, they started out uh, strong against the Red Sox. It's been a very busy week. There are eight games this week. I'm recording this Sunday morning, so I don't know what's going on with the with the Sunday uh, afternoon game against the Rays, but it, uh, they, they managed to uh, squeeze in eight baseball games into this week with a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, they started out the week against the uh, Red Sox. Um, they won... Uh, seven to two. Uh, Bichette uh, had an RBI double. Springer had a home run. Vladdy hit a home run both in the third inning. Chapman hit a home run, and uh, Kevin Gossman had a strong outing in this one. Seven innings pitch and uh, no runs allowed. So, and, and I just wondered if maybe this was a statement game for for Gossman because uh, people were kind of doubting his his performance lately, and he, he just came out dominant. So that was good. And it, maybe it was a statement game for the Jays against the Red Sox because uh, the Red Sox and, and the Rays really too are creeping up on them in the standings so uh, it was important to be able to like come out strong uh, out of the gate against the Red Sox. Um, Tuesday they won 6-5. to five. Um, Now the big story about this one was that um, the Jays had a, had a walk-off win in the, in the ninth inning um, and uh, this is one of those situations where um, the uh, lack of uh, their closer, they, they didn't have their Boston didn't have their closer, uh, Tanner Houck, because he is not vaccinated. He couldn't make the trip with the team. So he was not able to uh, help his team. So that's uh, if, if I were a Boston Red Sox player or, or even a fan, I would be very upset and disappointed that, that he was not there to help his team. Um, and also, uh, apparently, Vladdy, he hit the winning single that, that drove in the run. He called his shot. He told, um, I guess, Charlie Montoyo that... Uh, that uh, he was going to end the games, and, and he definitely did that. Um, Wednesday was another uh, close game against the Red Sox. They lost 6-5 to five in 10 innings. Um, the bench is cleared uh, after uh, Alejandro Kirk got hit by a pitch in the, in the third inning. Um, nothing really happened of that. I, it, it was an accidental hit. I guess I guess just kind of they were upset that maybe they are pitching inside to Kirk. Not really too sure why. They, the bench is cleared for that one. Uh, Thursday, I don't think I watched this game because I have zero notes, but they, they won against the Rays 4-1. to one. Um, And then on Friday, the Canada Day game, that was uh, an, a, a great game. They, they beat the Rays 9-2. Uh, Russell Martin threw out the first pitch, and there was a nice little ceremony to, to honor his uh, accomplishments as a Blue Jay and as a baseball player and, and as a Canadian baseball player, so that was nice. Um, 
And uh, we saw that, you know, uh, Sergio Romo had his debut with the Jays. He threw a scoreless inning, so that was good. And um, in the end, we had we saw a, a position player uh, throwing relief for the for the Rays because they knew it was out of out of out of reach. Brett Phillips was th- through the eighth, and uh, he actually I don't think he allowed any runs. Um, Saturday was the doubleheader game. Um, the Rays beat the Jays six to two in Game One. Um, it could have been. A different outcome had Kevin Gossman not left the game uh, early in the second inning. He, he come back or hit him in the in the I guess the ankle, um, and they took X-rays. Luckily, um, they were negative. Uh, it's just a contusion, so I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make his next start or not. I guess they're going to wait and see. But a contusion is much better than any uh, broken bone situation because um, we've been reminded many times just how um, how thin now that the Blue Jays rotation is uh, as far as uh, you know the, the depth goes um, they don't they, there's no room there's no more room for injury there's no more room for underperformance on this in this rotation until they get another another arm or two to, to kind of come in and help because we saw that in this game the the, the relief uh, pitching gave up you know six runs and in game two I think it was Thomas Hatch that started that one the, the, it was just over right out of the gate. The, the, the Rays beat the Jays 11-5. to So so I think that uh, this Rays series um, just reminded us just how much uh, help we need, that the Blue Jays need uh, for, for pitching, both relief and for starting. So so I think I, mean, I think they need to start, as far as, far as um, getting help, they need to um, really focus, I think, on finding a trade partner for starting pitching because they have picked up a couple pieces um, in re- for the relievers, uh, lately um not nothing really too exciting like i said they have they picked up sergio romo and they also acquired um a left-hander anthony banda from the pirates for cash and he was dfa'd so uh anytime you're getting a reliever from the pirates that's not like he's not going to be coming in and and, and making a difference so they right now they're just kind of shoring up the relief pitching but they need to really focus i think on on finding a uh a partner in, in, to trade with uh, for for starting help. Um, so yeah, that's that's the week. They uh, the Blue Jays record is forty four and thirty five, and the the Red Sox and Rays are both are both closing in on them. Uh, I think the Red Sox are like half game back uh, as of Sunday morning, and the Rays were a game back. So uh, the the Jays would do well to to, to win on Sunday to uh, give themselves a little bit more breathing room in the wild card standing and in the East standings. Um, so yeah, now, now to our, to, to the home run and home runs and strikeouts and everything. Um, so my strikeout, like I said, Gossman left early. So that's my strikeout. Cause it just reminded us just how, how, uh, wobbly this, this starting rotation can be. Um, luckily it's not, nothing too serious. I think at worst he'll miss his next start. Um, so yeah, uh, my no decision, I, I, I don't know where, where to kind of put this, no decision in. Uh, I don't. It doesn't even count as no decision. It just could be a, another bonus home run, really. But uh, I just think like the ultimate like entertainment and 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 just story. Like if you if you're if you're someone who likes fantasy sagas and 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 just uh, you like binge watching TV shows that, that that like Game of Thrones or whatever. Pick, try baseball instead because the the, the drama is just never ending for the baseball season. It's it's. You know, two thirds of the year, 162 games, and there are ups and there are downs. Right now, you know, we're we're in in, in the in the Jays saga and the story of the Blue Jays. We're we're in, in a bit of a a, a, a tough stretch, but uh, but you know, like the redemption is coming, and that, that, that always happens in these um, story arcs uh, that we see. But I think the ultimate entertainment, um, you know, forget forget Game of Thrones or 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 sopranos or whatever just watching a full season of baseball is, is just the stories that come out of a, of a, of, a, of a baseball season uh, are endless and and there's something new that you see every day uh, baseball is, is is just super fun to watch and i'm glad that uh it's back this year and there's no there was no lockout and there's no uh pandemic cancellations or anything um it's really just fun to see a baseball season play out and and every season is like no other and uh yeah it's it's just fun to watch baseball so i guess that's just another home run uh but uh, but maybe this maybe this next one can be my grand slam because it was announced um 
Buck Martinez uh, completed cancer treatment uh, last week, so uh, he should be back uh, after the All Star break. Is I think is his plan. So that's that's great news. Um, always great to see someone uh, getting getting better from from th- from diseases and cancer and things like that. Um, so this week's weekly poll uh, was: What will the Blue Jays' record be? against the Red Sox and Rays this week. Um, the overwhelming majority thought that it would be just 500, 4-4, four and four, and it it could end up being that because I think that right now they're at 4-3 and three as of this recording. Um, so if they could pull out another, at least a fifth win, that would that would be... Uh, that would be good, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Let's see who's who's pitching today uh, against the Rays. Let's let's find out. Maybe maybe we can uh, feel better about that. Ross Ross Stripling against Shane Boz. So if he if Ross Stripling can put in a good five or even six innings and the and the relief comes up strong, uh, you know we could get that that fifth win that uh, the Blue Jays are, are searching for. Um, yeah. So some Jays notes. Um, we talked about those additions from. In the relieving core, Anthony Banda, Banda and uh, Sergio Romo. Uh, the other piece of news that came out was that uh, Vladdy uh, declined uh, for the, I think, the second year in a row, at the very least. Um, he declined a home run derby invitation because he didn't want to risk uh, injuring his wrist. I guess throughout his career, his wrist has been a bit of a nagging issue, so he didn't want to take too many swings and and, and risk being uh, out during a regular season game. So that's fair. It's it would be it would have been fun and nice to see. Vladdy, uh, you know, hit some hit some home runs, but uh, we got to think about uh, the the big picture here. And you know, home run derby, who who's in it? It's always fun to watch. And uh, I'd rather see Vladdy make a difference, maybe in the All Star game, uh, than the home run derby itself. Uh, yeah. Um, so in other news, speaking of the All Star, the uh, All Star caps were released, and to be honest, they're 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 kind of boring. They're they're like a dark. Are they green or brown or black? It's hard to even tell from this picture. And they have a mesh back and then just the logo in gold of the team plus a star somewhere on it. It's 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 pretty pretty boring. They have some palm trees under the brim for, for LA. Uh, but uh, I'd much rather just see their regular caps if they're going to go with, with this as, their, as the all-star uh, cap. Um, in other uh, uniform news, the Padres officially released their uh, City Connect uniform, and this is one that you definitely uh, need to wear sunglasses for. Very, very vibrant. It is. Uh, it's got some some uh, fluorescent colors. It reminds me of the uh, fluorescent color trend of the early '90s. Um, I guess the idea was that um, they're celebrating. Uh, the friendship between San Diego, California, and Tijuana, Mexico, with their brand new, uh, colorful City Connect jerseys. So I guess like it also like I think is inspired by the sunset and things like that. Uh, yeah, here we go. Pink, green, and yellow uniforms. This is from uh, Chris Creamer's website, by the way. Um, are inspired by the vibrant landscapes in the San Diego and Baja California communities. Um, from the scenic views up and down the coastline to the ocean's white foam and the stunning pink and yellow sunsets. So yeah, they've got some uh, a fluorescent pink sleeve, a fluorescent kind of green sleeve, uh, bright pink lettering. It's 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 I like it. It's it's bold. I like it when the teams go bold and, and, and do something that really uh, is is interesting to see. Um, so that yeah, this this is a great little uh, a great city connect. I think they're going to debut it on the weekend. So um, do not adjust your screen if you're watching this game on TV. The the cap is kind of a uh, that that same fluorescent green with a with the pink lettering in, uh, for their for their logo. So yeah, they they did a good job. And I, I kind of like the the number font. It's got I don't know how to describe it, but it just it just looks it's, got, it's a fun font. It's not like a it's not comic sauce or anything, but it's 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 just. Uh, it's it it it's it's vibrant. It looks the 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 numbers, for lack of a better word, look almost bouncy. I would call it. But yeah, uh, good good uh, City Connect uh, jersey. And I think that's the last of all of the City Connect jerseys for MLB teams this year. So uh, we'll have to wait till next year to see some more. But overall, I think all the all the uh, City Connect jerseys released this year have been have been pretty good. The Angels were good. The 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 Brewers were good. The the Royals. Who else was there? The uh, yeah, the, I can't remember them all, but they're all they're all pretty good. Um, 
And then just some some uh, transactional news here. Uh, the Royals uh, traded Carlos Santana to the Mariners. We talked about this in the interview briefly uh, with Gary Hill Jr. Um, I guess that's just some uh, a depth move because their regular first baseman Ty France is injured. So so t- Santana will bring some uh, veteran leadership and and he's got a uh, he, he's got some power too as well. And uh, I guess the Mariners were looking to kind of bring up or sorry the the Royals were looking to bring bring up one of their prospects to play first base so that that kind of um that kind of gave them some room uh to to trade Santana um uh oh yeah and, and just an update on the Cuban World Series uh we talked about that last week it was decided on I guess on was it Tuesday uh they had a they had a rain out on Monday uh and uh so they had to I guess pick up the game in the middle uh on tuesday maybe it was just, i think it was decided on on, on wednesday um so and and then uh they went to a game seven on i guess wednesday so who who won the world series this year i think it was was it matanzas in seven games i'm not sure i can't find it i'm, I'm just kind of doing this off the top of my head but i think it was matanzas that won the world series so so that so great um it'd be nice to see more um just more more coverage of, of, of the Cuban World World Series, especially since the games were available for free uh, on on YouTube. No nobody was talking about it. I just kind of by luck found out about it last week. So so I think next next year and throughout the year we should uh, maybe see if people can talk more about uh, the Cuban baseball because it seems to be pretty accessible from the looks of it. And if you've got nothing going on during the day, uh, turn on a baseball game. It's, it's just an exciting atmosphere to see. Um, but yeah, until until next year, though, because the season is done in Cuba. Um, and then one last thing that I wanted to, to point out, and this is really important. Uh, Marcus Stroman, he's, he's a pretty outspoken player, but he, he said something pretty important in the press uh, recently, uh, last week, uh, talking about uh, the, the Roe versus Wade uh, decision the, the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the and the uh, I guess many U.S. states now uh, moving quickly to ban abortions and and, and Stroman said spoke out he said it's it's their body it's their choice until the day I die this is how I'll always believe so I think it's important for players to to and, and anybody just to stand up and and say that you know like women have the right to choose and they have the right to to control their own bodies and uh, what's happening is just uh, not not right in the United States right now. And I think that uh, it's a reminder that we all <clears throat> need to vote. And it's a reminder that you know, we're, we're seeing the, the, these attitudes kind of start to trickle up in, in Canada as well. Like my local MP was seen recently <clears throat> on Canada Day marching with some anti-vaccine uh, mandators uh, and, and some and trucker supporters. So it's just, I think, uh, important to, um, you know, not... We, we can't put up with... with uh, I guess just hateful behavior, and 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 we everybody needs to just be um, accepting of each other and uh, not hateful. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. And 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 one of the, the the key things is is people need to have control of their own bodies, and and uh, the government should not be uh, forcing you to not have abortions or or you know, in some cases in the states, I guess they they're even taking away the option for to for birth control like to sell birth control in, in, in certain pharmacies if they if they choose which is i think i think it's just irresponsible but anyways that's that's um that is important for like i said last week we had those three players who were speaking up for 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 pride um and and you know going out of their way to to make sure that people uh, know that uh, they're accepting and all that stuff um so it's just important that um the right voices are heard because I think it's usually just the loudest voices that are heard, and 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 yeah, we the, the, a lot of those attitudes are are, are 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 out of date to say the least. Okay, so um, let's do our Minnesota Twins check-in now. Um, they are they finished as of Saturday. They're forty-five and thirty-six, three games over the Guardians. Um, they played. Let's see here. Um, Let's see here. They played the Guardians and the Orioles this week. Uh, they won four and lost three so far. Um, they played, I think it was five games against the Guardians because there's a doubleheader. I think a lot of teams are, are making up for the um, 
games that were missed at the start of the season this week it seems with all these double headers um so yeah the they've they've uh, kind of just kind of broke even this week almost um next week they're up against the white Sox and the rangers um a quick stat that i came across forget who where i found, found this now but uh, apparently byron buxton has 52 home runs over his last 162 games so he there he's a, a pretty important player to them and it's good that he's having a healthy uh year for them this year for sure um the big news coming out of minnesota though was uh their pitching coach Wes johnson left them for uh to become the pitching coach at lsu now he he was saying that it was for family reasons and also that the money was was better and i guess the 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 controversy is that uh mlb teams just i guess aren't paying their coaches enough like because like I think he left for more than double his salary at LSU, and uh, he gets to be at home a lot more. Um, so the the work life balance is much much better being um, being a, a university or a college pitching coach. Uh, but uh, it's it was it's tough for a team to lose their pitching coach in the middle of the season. But I guess just the way the scheduling works out for for college baseball, there's no way they could have uh, changed the timing on that. It's just bad timing all around. Um, and then they, uh, I guess, the players generally supported the move. He he seems to have their their uh, respect and and all that stuff. But uh, they named Pete Mackey as the new pitching coach. So so we'll see how. Um, their pitching performs throughout the the rest of the year, but uh, yeah, it's good to it's good to be able to find. I guess it's good to be able to, to to find a job where you can do half the work and get twice the amount of money. So so um, good good for West Johnson. <laughs> okay, um, and then the Titans check in. Uh, they were twenty seven. <clears throat> they are twenty seven and fifteen. Uh, as far as the record goes, so they're they're having a strong uh, uh, inaugural season. Uh, this week, they uh, on Tuesday they lost to the Jackals five to four. They won their next two against the Jackals ten to five and fourteen eleven, and they lost three straight against the uh, the, the Boulders uh, nine to eight, eight to six, and six to five. I guess they had a double header on on uh, on Canada Day. So uh, I guess overall this week they only won two games and lost five so uh a bit of a i think last week they had a little bit of a, a rough week as well so they're kind of hitting a bit of a, a a roadblock as far as their their winning goes but we'll see if they can get it back on track next week um okay and then finally uh just do the, the the look ahead for the jays um i guess these 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 they're gonna be hitting the west coast and these these uh road trips are always tough on me personally because all the games start really late so it's hard for me to watch the game so i guess i will be not watching a lot of baseball i'll watch as much as i can but uh they're they're in oakland and seattle next week um so and then the seattle series is always a big series because we see a lot of uh west coast jays fans infiltrate uh t-mobile park and we see lots of blue jays uh fans uh, at these games so that's it's a fun series to watch i'm just disappointed they have to be on so late at night they're like i think the seattle game, uh, series is like a 10 p.m start on friday and saturday and then sunday is a 4 p.m start and those those games are tough too just uh, because that's right around supper time for the family so it's hard to hard to catch those games so maybe i'll have to pvr that one but uh <clears throat> yeah it should be a a fun uh, week of games. Oakland, who knows what to expect from them because they're just a terrible team right now so the jays really need to uh uh, take advantage of that and 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 get some bank some wins here against Oakland and then uh, like Gary Hill said in the interview that we're we're just about to hear um, I think the best case scenario at least for Seattle would be like a two and two uh, series against the Jays uh, but if the Jays can can win at least two or, or three that would be great against Seattle the, Seattle is um, what they're they're a deceptive team they 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 had a tough May but uh, they had a pretty strong uh june so so the jays definitely can't take seattle lately and it's funny they're kind of mirror image not mirror images but they're kind of similar teams because they're both kind of you know uh fighting for the wild card jays have a little bit better positioning as far as that the 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 
the wild card goes. But you know, like basically, the divisions are out of reach. Houston has, is running away with the West, and the Yankees are running away with the East. So they're kind of um, very similar situations for the teams. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how these guys match up. And we have uh, Kikuchi uh, coming back uh, to making his return to Seattle after spending his first four years of the career of his career there. And, and Sergio Romo uh, was was cut loose just recently by the Mariners and signed with the Blue Jays. So uh, there'll be some reunions there, and, and maybe we'll actually see Robbie Ray pitch against the Blue Jays. Well, <laughs> I assume he will, but uh, yeah, so there'll be a bit of a re- reunion there as well. But uh, yeah, so here it is. Here's the interview with Gary Hill. Um, it was a great little talk, so uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, we're here with Gary Hill Jr., uh, a, a reporter with the, and, and podcaster with the uh, Seattle Mariners, um, and we are going to look ahead to next week's um, series with the uh, Jays and the Mariners. It's it's always a big weekend when the Jays come into Seattle, isn't it? No doubt about that. It is always a weekend that I know Blue Jay fans circle on the calendar. Mariner fans get excited about because the atmosphere is always tremendous. It's always a full house. It always seems to fall on a weekend, too. We've got a four-day weekend for this one. So the atmosphere is always great. There's always a lot of energy in the building. It should be fun. It should be a fun weekend. And it's going to be a big weekend, I think, uh, for the Mariners and Blue Jays as well. Yeah, I think that they're both um... – Trying to to gain some standing in the wild card, uh, uh, you know, you know, Seattle is obviously a little behind the the the, the gun, and and Toronto is just trying to kind of trying to, to to tread water a little bit. But uh, yeah, they both have a big motivation to 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 win. Um, and there's there's more rivalry at stake this year than in previous years, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it feels that way, right? Especially as the Mariners are in a spot that. They're trying to get where the Blue Jays are currently. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Blue Jays have kind of established themselves, at least uh, as we look at it from the outside, established themselves as one of the powers in the American League. They have, you know, Vlad Guerrero. They have Bichette. They have some of the premier players in the game. And it feels like this is a team with really high expectations. The Blue Jays feel like a team that is trying to win the division trying to go to the World <laughs> Series, trying to win the World Series. Those are the goals, at least from the outside looking in, that the Blue Jays have, and that's where the Mariners want to get. So uh, especially with the circumstance, you know there's going to be a lot of Blue Jay fans in the building, and the Mariners want to defend their home building. Now, you mentioned goals. What what are the Mariners' goals for this year? So coming into the season, the Mariners wanted to compete for a postseason berth. They want to compete for the playoffs. They want to get into the postseason. I also think there's a couple of different goals going on at the same time. Uh, One is on the field. One is record. One is trying to get to the postseason. One is trying to compete for the division. I think the second goal going on is churning out young, productive players, the young core that's going to take the Mariners to the next stage. Now, record-wise, they're below 500. The Astros have taken a stranglehold in the division, and it's going to take a lot for the Mariners to get back into the postseason race. So there's a lot of work to do on that end. On the other end, there's been a lot of success when you look at the young players so far this season for the Mariners. Julio Rodriguez has been amazing so far this season. He looks like he could be a superstar moving forward. Logan Gilbert has been really good and taken a step forward this year. We've seen George Kirby for the first time, another young pitcher in the rotation. He's been really good. Cal Raleigh, a catcher, has emerged this last month. Taylor Trammell, another young player, has been really useful so far this year. So from that perspective, there's been a lot of wins when it comes to the young core. And moving forward in the future, that really bodes well for this organization. So it's been kind of a... It's been a strange year in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's been an up and down year in a lot of ways, but there's been a lot of success as well, which is a good thing for the organization. Yeah, and a lot lots to dig in uh, to the season with the, the Mariners so far this year. Like I was looking at their their month to month record, and you know they they had a, a decent start in in, in April. Um, they hit a roadblock in, block in May, and then they've had a, a kind of a stronger June. So what happened in May? What what went wrong? There are a few things. So they've dealt with injuries for a lot of this season. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, for example, who was a 
big bat for the Mariners last year. He's been out for most of the season, and they've had a tough time uh, making up for that. Kyle Lewis, they were hoping would be a big bat in the middle of the order as well. He's been missing for a lot of the season. Jesse Winker has not been the guy they expected for most of the season until the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, he's hit the ball hard. He's gotten on base all season long. He has a really good eye. He's walked a lot. But the thunder hasn't been there that they expected until the last couple of weeks. And that's been a big difference. It's been strange. Their pitching, for the most part, has been stable. The Mm -hmm. rotation has been really good in June. And that's been a difference maker for him, including Robbie Ray, who looks different than when you saw Robbie Ray in Toronto last year. But he's been good. So the pitching is really stabilized. The bullpen has been good. The rotation has been excellent in June. The offense is still having trouble scoring runs. And a part of that, now Ty France is out as well. They just don't have the middle of the order they expected. So it's been kind of a scratch and claw the last couple of weeks to try and get wins. So it is what it is when it comes to the offense. Right now, the pitching is really carrying the day, especially in June. Yeah, from from my research, I haven't really been following the Mariners too, too closely this year. But yeah, it seems like they're really relying on, on pitching so far. Um, you had mentioned Cal Rowley. Is he, is he maybe Seattle's best kept secret, would you say? He could be. Uh, his June was really good. I, I think when you realistically look at catchers in the month of June behind Kirk, who had a great month. Cal Raleigh was one of the best catchers in the major leagues. And, you know, it's one month, so we'll see what happens. But he's a guy that packs a lot of punch. He hits the wall really hard. And the question for him is just making contact a little more consistently to tap into that power. But he did in June. He walloped six homers, had some extra base hits as well. And as we all know, the catching position, there's just not a lot of offense mm-hmm. right now in the catching mm-hmm. position in Major League Baseball. So he has made a big, big difference. And he's a young catcher that I feel like has never really captured headlines across Major League Baseball. He's never been in the Rutschman category or anything like that. But but he is a quality catcher, and they feel uh, they feel really good about him. And they've always had high regard for Cal Raleigh, and he's really pushed through. They've always liked him defensively. He handles the pitching staff really well. It's just tapping into that power, which he did last month. Still a young guy, too, age 25 season, so he's got some he's got some growth. Yeah, very young for a catcher, too. Yeah. It seems like there's going to be lots of great um, uh, prospects and players catching over the series with Moreno yeah. and, and Kirk on the other side. Um, you would mentioned barrels. I was reading an article in The Athletic, um, and they mentioned that uh, Julio Rodriguez – his barrel rate increased 14% from between April and June. Um, so how, how has he changed his approach? That's a great question. So Julio has always been a really good hitter. Coming up through the minors, he always hit for big average, uh, you know, 330, places like that. And he's always had really good bat skills. He has massive power. He's never really consistently tapped into that power yet. And I think that is just starting now where he's just starting to get some loft on the ball consistently. And just in this past week, he went upper deck at T-Mobile Park for the first time. He hit a laser to center field near the batter's eye, which is a really (laughs) decent poke at Mm -hmm. T-Mobile Park. Now, the massive power is there. It, it just feels like he's scratching the surface of getting there. Now, keep in mind, he's 21 years old. So he and he doesn't have a lot of high level plate appearances. Like even coming into this season, we weren't exactly sure what to expect from him at the plate. And he has some struggles early in the season. Uh, he didn't hit a home run until May. So he was just trying to figure out the first month. And now if you look at his numbers since the beginning of May, his slash has been excellent. It's been near 300 with the average. It's been near 350 with the on-base percentage. The slug is starting to come. And what's amazing to me is when you look at B-War or F-War, however you want to break it down, he's been the fourth best outfielder in the American League behind Trout, behind Judge, Tucker there as well, which is incredible for me at someone his age 
a rookie. We know how hard it is to hit in Major League Baseball right now. But we get a chance to watch Julio every day. He does it all. He runs. He plays center field really well. He hits for power. He's got the it factor. He's you. You don't want to take your eyes off him. He looks like a superstar to me. We've watched Vlad from afar, Bichette from afar, Acuna, Tatis. You know all the great young players in the game. Soto. It feels like Julio's going to join that group. Yeah, it's an exciting time to be a fan of of, of young players in baseball, and I really hope that that um, Rob Manfred and MLB can like market these guys accordingly. Um, as far as the young guys on on the Mariners, uh, one one guy who's had a bit of a more of a bumpy trail is is Jared Kelenic. Um, do you think we'll see him back in the majors, or is he is he gonna is he kind of retooling his his swing in, in the minors, and maybe next year's the the time for him? I think we will see him back this year. They are dedicated to having him down there to work on basically strikeout rate. That's what he's working on at AAA right now. He, there's been some good signs as of late down there. He's hit for a lot of power. He has cut the strikeout rate. They've been determined, even with their injuries, uh, they've kept him down there. We'll see what happens. Winker's going to serve a suspension coming up because yeah. of the brawl recently mm-hmm. against the Angels. So maybe he'll get the call more recent than not. But they're determined to let him work through things down there. He still has massive talent. He's still a really young player as well. And as we see all the time in this game, it can be a bumpy ride for young players coming up. And I still feel like young players like him get affected by that nomad year, essentially, where, you know, guys were either on their own or in his case, were at the facility for a year. But it's just not the same. You know, basically a full year of plate appearances taken away. And I still feel like players like him are trying to make up for it. So we'll see what happens. I still am very optimistic he's going to be a really good player at the major league level for a long time. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they've got an exciting uh, core to to, to follow. Um, Mostly (laughs) uh, courtesy of the of the Padres, you you could say, because they made that big trade with them. Um, I guess it was 2020. That was the, I think that was the pandemic here. Um, what did, now? He's mentioned Ty France is injured. What did what did Seattle see in in Ty France as a part of that trade? Was he just a throw in and, and they just lucked into him, or was there some 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 Jerry Depoto magic? Yeah, they have always loved Ty France. They uh, Jerry Depoto has talked about they've tried to acquire him numerous times over the years and were not successful, and they were finally able to land Ty France and a really interesting deal because at the time Austin Nola is who they traded their catcher at the time. And they really didn't want to trade him. And they kept saying no, no, no to the Padres. And finally the deal just became too much. It became overwhelming. They couldn't, they couldn't say no Munoz who you'll see in the bullpen who throws 102 miles per hour was part of that deal. He's been a big part of things, but France has been, he, all he's done is hit since he got to Seattle. He has been outstanding this year. He has been, with all apologies to Vlad, he has been, numbers-wise, the best first baseman in the American League so far this year. The injury is painful. It's painful to uh, Mariners. And it's, I, I'm not sure how that's going to affect his, uh, him getting to the All-Star game as well. Uh, coming up, but he has been such a huge part to the Mariners this year. His on-base percentage has been around 400 all season. He's a guy that will just kind of laser the ball all fields. Uh, 10 home runs, which is good. He's not going to put up huge home run totals. He's just a really good hitter. Just kind of an old school line drive all over the yard hitter. He's done that everywhere too. He did it in college. He's done it in the minors. But he's never been real flashy. He's never been on the top of any prospect list. But the Mariners have always loved him. They love having him. And he's really settled in and played a really nice first base. He came over, too, from the Padres without a position. You know, maybe a third baseman, maybe a second baseman. With the Evan White injury, first base opened up. And that's been his spot. And he's been really good. For sure. Um now, do you, do you think that that they're going to turn the season around? Like, is it have, have they kind of turned a corner in June? Is it, is it is it kind of playoffs or bust or is there still some some work to be done? 
So the Mariners are in a critical stretch right now. The way that we have talked about it, they have to climb near 500 by the All-Star break. And they have a chance with the schedule to do it. Uh, Long series with the A's. The Nationals have struggled. The Rangers on the road. Chance to do damage there. It's funny, though, as we talk about the Mariners and Blue Jays, the the circle on the calendar is that four-game Blue Jays series because that is going to make it tough to get to 500 because when we started talking about the stretch, they were going to have to go 12 and six and they've gone two and one since then, but it's tough when you have a four game series against the blue Jays in that mix. So they've got to do some big damage against the Rangers against the A's because I, I feel like going into that blue Jays series, you can't say, Oh, we'll just take three or four, Uh, a split against the blue Jays would be, great for the Mariners, Mm -hmm. but they got to do damage for the rest of the way. Cause just realistically, they got to be around 500. And then at that point, you hope France comes back. You hope Hanniger comes back because the lineup looks really different with those guys in the middle of the lineup until then they're just trying to use their pitching to beat up Oakland, to beat up Texas and find their way near 500. And then, you know, anything's possible, but they'll have to play really well in the second half. In the second half, we've got the trade deadline coming up. What are they going to kind of target uh, at the trade deadline? I think part of it depends on what happens this next couple weeks. Uh, They could add. They could deal away. I don't know. It's hard to know at this point exactly what's going to happen. They did make a trade recently, picking up Carlos Santana to play first base with Ty France out. It's a small deal, but considering where their lineup has been, it's really helpful. It's helpful to have a veteran in the lineup. And even when France comes back, he's a guy that can DH because they've struggled getting production from the DH spot as well. So he's a good fit, just a veteran bat. And he uh, fits into what they preach. They're a big control of the zone. Take your walks. Don't swing at bad pitches. And Carlos Santana fits right into that. So the deadline is a mystery. I think we'll know (laughs) a little more when we get closer. And I don't think the Mariners are alone. I'm actually interested uh, in baseball overall, especially with the new playoff format with more mm-hmm. teams in the mix. Like, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to see. Like right now, there only seems to me a few for sure sellers. I think we can look at a few teams and say, well, yeah, they're going to sell. But there's a lot of teams in the mix. So I don't know what kind of market this is going to be. And a lot of teams, you know, I look at like the Blue Jays, for example, we know they want relief help, but who doesn't want relief help? It seems yeah. like a lot of the teams are looking for the same things, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, and it's funny because you know now, now that I'm thinking about it, like if if Seattle's successful, they 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 make that wild card spot. This could be the matchup: the Jays against against the Mariners yeah. in the playoffs. And that just got me thinking about another thing. Now, how how does that how do teammates feel about like a, a guy like? It's not confirmed, but Robbie Ray is, is a guy who might not be able to make the trip across the border not being vaccinated. So do you think that there'd be pressure for him to 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 get get vaccinated? Because he, he's a key player in that in that uh, lineup if, if they do by chance uh, face each other in the playoffs because they, they yeah. need him. No doubt. You know, I think it's easier for a team not in the division because even in a playoff mm-hmm. series, you can move your rotation around or do whatever you have to do. Uh, I've been uh, interested watching how like the Red Sox have dealt with the scenario where they have to make multiple trips to Blue Jays. Uh, well, to it, just, this, just this past weekend, they, yeah. they, they, they lost a, a game in the ninth inning where Tanner Houck could have, could have helped them. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's easier to deal with when you're a team like the Mariners who go to Toronto once it, you have a playoff series, but especially with a rotation piece, you can, you can move it around, shimmy it how you want to work around it. Uh, a team like Boston, though, or the Yankees, where you make multiple trips and maybe see them in the playoffs, too. Yeah. I think that is a much <laughs> harder thing to deal with. And we saw it. Yeah, to your point, we saw it with Boston. They did have a tough time dealing with it. Yeah. Um, now, Jays have a couple of former Mariners now on their lineup. Um, is there anything that Jays fans should know about Yusei Kikuchi? Because he, he spent his first four years in the majors with Seattle. So what you have seen so far from Yusei is what we saw from Yusei in that when you watch him, the pure stuff is like, wow. You know, at times you see 96, 97, 
left-handed pitcher. It's just, it's not something you see very often. And then he has times where, and he did this with the Mariners against the Blue Jays, where he just dominates, right? And you watch him and go, he has the potential to be one of the best pitchers in the American League. But then there's times he comes out where, you know, he's throwing 92, 93 in the first inning. He struggles with his command. He throws a lot of pitches and he's out of the game early. And so it was kind of a roller coaster ride at times hmm. for you say in Seattle. And he would have those flashes that you dream on, but he could just never find that consistency. We really enjoyed having you say here and it, he was really fun to watch, but he could never find that consistency. I was hoping that he could, I, I'm someone who's rooting for you say, like I, I hope he finds success at a high level in the majors. And given what, the Blue Jays were able to do with Robbie Ray and Pete Walker, of course, is a really well-regarded pitching coach. I had some ho- high hopes that they were able to find whatever you say needed to find that consistency. I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. The Mariners weren't able to to find that uh, on a routine basis. But, you know, he's it's still early in his Blue Jays stint, so there's still time. But I know... It's been kind of the same story. He hasn't been able to really find it yet with the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think I, I think the, the the general consensus is that that he's not confident in his fastball. And and was was that the case in Seattle as well? Or yeah, uh, it, it's a good question. It, it's just it, it's hard to really put your finger on it for me after watching him for a few years. It, it hmm. seemed yeah, it, it seemed like it was never this like the one thing like mm-hmm. it's the fastball or it just seemed to to change through time to, okay. to be a little different from time to time so there was never one thing and i know that's not much of an answer but <laughs> it, it was it's just hard to figure out it was hard to figure out yeah you know, he had he had a good out he had a good outing um, not yesterday, but the day before, mm-hmm. and he added in a, a cutter to the mix. And I think he was throwing more fastballs. I didn't get the chance to, to see that one, but he pitched six strong innings, only gave up one run. So maybe maybe he is turning a corner. But but from what you say, we, we, that it could be a, a, still a bit of a bumpy road. But it's it's nice. Yeah. It was nice to see a little bit of a success recently. Um, and the Jays also just recently signed another uh, uh, Mariner uh, in Sergio Romo. I guess was it just the success of the bullpen that forced him out, or because he's, he's not that hard of a thrower, but uh, he seems to be at least a good teammate. <laughs> he's a great teammate. He is a great dude. He is really fun to talk to, and he's a great guy to have around, especially if you have a lot of young guys in the bullpen, because he has literally done everything. Mm-hmm. He has closed out World Series games. He's been in over 800 games at the major league level. He has been in every situation you could possibly imagine. And just a wonderful person to have around. There's a couple things that happened. One, he did struggle as a Mariner. You can look at the numbers, and they weren't they weren't great. Uh, their bullpen uh, was really struggling for a time this season, and the bullpen was a strength last year. It was really good last year, and probably the biggest strengths for the Mariners and why they won 90 games last year. And they went through a stretch to your point earlier about what happened in May. They went to a stretch where they just struggled. Like even Diego Castillo, who is a back end piece of the bullpen, you know, he's the closer at Tampa Bay. He's had a really good career. Uh, his ERA was near eight. I mean, they just up and down, really struggling. So they're brought in Romo with some injuries to uh, Swanson, who's been a big part of things. He was out. So they brought in Romo to try and help stabilize. And slowly, as we made our way into June, they got healthy in the bullpen. Uh, some guys got really effective. And all of a sudden, the back end stabilized. And guys like Ten Mur- Penn Murphy, who people really don't know, and Munoz, who I mentioned earlier, they got some depth to the bullpen as well. So it's a few things happen at once where uh, they had to cut the roster limit as well. So they had to move a guy out of the bullpen. Romo was struggling. They had other guys pitching well. In fact, they had to send a guy out, Matt Festa, who belongs in the Mariners' bullpen and has pitched well. They're just, it just became a crunch, a body crunch. So Romo became expendable um, 
wasn't pitching well, didn't have room. They had to send another guy out who was pitching well. So it was a combination of things. It's one of those good problems to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's where you want to be. Yeah, well, um, I'm really looking forward to to seeing this series. Um, here in I'm 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 in Ottawa, so it's going to be some late nights for me for sure <laughs> watching those Seattle games. But it'll it'll be great fun to watch those them them uh, all those Canadian uh, Blue Jays fans in Seattle. Um, Gary, thanks again for joining me. Um, tell everybody how to how to follow you, where 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 to find your work. Oh, Gary Hill Jr. on Twitter uh, is is the place you can find me, and I'm looking forward to it too. The Blue Jays are one of my absolute favorite teams in Major League Baseball right now. I love watching Vlad hit. Uh, Bichette is so fun. I think Kirk is amazing. I love watching <laughs> Kirk play. They're just they're just a really fun team, and uh, I look forward to this matchup. This will be a fun four-game series, that's for sure. All right, thanks again. Absolutely. All right, thanks again to, to Gary Hill Jr. for, for joining us. Uh, like I said, always great to talk baseball and always great to have a, an outside perspective. Um, you know, it's... it's we're very insulated in our in our Jays talk here, so it's nice to kind of see uh, the world from from different fans and different reporters' eyes. Um, not much personal stuff to talk about. It's been a pretty busy week with Canada Day and everything. But I'll, but speaking of Canada Day, I'll just say um, my general. This, this is a strike, and I think I've probably said this last year, and I say this often around fireworks times and and, and Victoria Day here in Canada as well. Um, leave the fireworks to the professionals. Uh, you know, we we were sitting outside and there were lots of backyard fireworks going off in our neighborhood and we have young children the children need to sleep luckily they did stay in their beds but it was it it it, it was loud it sounded like like explosions and, and, and gunfire going on. it was it was it was super loud i was uh at the and on the edge of my seat just watching the, the the baby monitors making sure that the kids weren't weren't waking up and there were some close calls but but just leave the fireworks to the professionals they you're not going to do as nice of a job you're not going to you know like when when you go to parliament hill or wherever they'll have music going and everything whereas you know like your backyard you you could you could hurt yourself you could hurt yourself if, with with these fireworks we've i heard lots of, of sirens going on on canada day so i'm sure there were some 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 firework related injuries or or property damage so so just 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 for the sake of of if you live in a in a in a suburban area know that there's going to be small children and sleeping and parents trying to not stress about their children waking up because we had a long long hot Canada day this year um and we just needed a break luckily the kids stayed asleep but you know other kids aren't so and other parents aren't so lucky kids can wake up anyways um happy Canada day happy Bobby Bonilla day um I guess Steve will be back next week so uh until then we will see you later remember tell a friend about the podcast and uh talk to you next week bye bye